you would please open your Bibles to the book of Daniel. We are in chapter 9. This is God's word. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed. O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands. We have sinned and done wrong. We've been wicked and have rebelled. We've turned away from your commands and laws. We've not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The men of Judah and people of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where you have scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. O Lord, we and our kings, our princes and our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the words spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing upon us great disaster, Under the whole heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come upon us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord, our God, by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does. Yet we have not obeyed him. Now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand and who made for yourself a name that endures to this day, we have sinned, we've done wrong. O Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our fathers have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see. 
the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act. For your sake, O my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Who's praying this prayer? Daniel. Well, wait a minute. I, I thought Daniel was a brave follower of God who was very conscientious about doing what God said, uh, so much so that when he was taken prisoner as a youth and brought to Babylon, he refused to eat food that might violate God's command. In other words, couldn't really be sure exactly what some of the foods the king would be serving. It was food from the king's table. And he couldn't be sure that it was going to be in keeping with God's law, so he just said, no, not going to have any of that meat. I'll only eat vegetables. Instead of drinking the wines, I'll just drink water. That was, that was this guy, wasn't it? Isn't this the guy who's, whose life was so meticulously careful about doing what God said that he was in communion with the Lord and received direction from God and the interpretation of dreams and, and boldly spoke what God said and, and refused Belshazzar's rewards when he spoke the message of judgment? I mean, isn't, isn't that this guy? Yeah, that's, that's this guy. Well, then what's he talking about? Well, it says, I, Daniel, understood from the Scriptures, this is verse 2, I understood from the Scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. Have you read the book of Jeremiah? Tough book. I mean, not only is it not a real happy, feel-good, let's get up and dance kind of message, but it's long and it's complicated and it's not presented chronologically. Uh, one of my favorite Old Testament scholars said, it's a little like if somebody was carrying a, a, a manuscript that was not bound, just page after page after page, and they tripped and fell, and they just picked it up and shoved the pages back together. Oh, don't talk that way about God's Word. I'm just telling you, when you read through the book of Jeremiah, this happens and then this happens but if you read it carefully, it indicates that this happened actually before that happened. And we're not sure why it's in that order. It's just kind of a collection inspired by God. And it's all good and it's all true and we better get to know it. But I'll tell you this, 
it is usually not a first-year course in discipleship. Okay? Daniel read God's Word, which came through Jeremiah. Now, please do note that. Understood from the Scriptures according to the Word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet. It wasn't just the writings of Jeremiah. It was the Word of of the Lord given to Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the prophet to whom God gave his word and Jeremiah delivered it to the people. And in the midst of this prophecy, God not only said that Nebuchadnezzar was the Lord's chosen instrument to display his judgment against Judah, but God said that the exile was going to last 70 years. You don't have to turn to it, but in Jeremiah chapter 25, God said, verse 11, this whole country will become a desolate wasteland and these nations will serve the king of Babylon for a long time. That's not what it says. 70 years is what it says. But then in chapter 29 of Jeremiah, This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This is after King Jehoiakim and the queen mother, court officials, leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the craftsmen, the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shaphan, and to Gamariah, son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. It said, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Daniel was one of the ones who heard this letter. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I've banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Daniel 
had that word from God. And he believed God. He believed that just as God had said through Jeremiah, Nebuchadnezzar is going to destroy this city and you're going to be taken off into exile. He believed what God said through Jeremiah, and that is, after 70 years, I'm going to bring you back. So he started counting down the years, and he thought, hey, we're coming up on the 70-year mark. Not, not immediately, but we're, we're getting closer. I mean, the exile is nearing the amount of time that God said it was going to last. So that's great. Hey, everybody, cheer up. Remember, Jeremiah, who told us all this stuff was going to happen to us, said that uh, after 70 years, God's going to come get us. God told us. So just, just believe the promise. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Isn't that good? Let's put that on a plaque. Okay? God was talking about what he was going to do 70 years later. Most of us who see that scripture are thinking about within the week. Right? It's like, you know, God, <laughs> listen, I really want to get into that college. I really want to marry that person. I really want to buy that car. I really want to get that job. I really want, I really want, I really want. And I know the plans that I have for me, declares Jim Wood. And, uh, and so <clears throat> what I'm asking of you, God, is just let's make it happen. I know you've got the power and I've got the dreams. Okay? Uh, that's not what Daniel did. Daniel prayed. And he said, okay, God, you promised it. Let's make it happen. Come on. Do we really have to wait the full 70 years? Is that his prayer? No, this prayer is amazing. And this prayer is a model. So I turned to the Lord, verse 3, of Daniel 9. I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition in fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Why would he do that? I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with all who love him and obey his commands. These people around me have sinned and done wrong. They have been wicked and have rebelled. They have turned away from your commands and laws. They have not listened to your servants. Sorry, these, these glasses sometimes get a little foggy. Am I, am, I, am I reading that right? Look at your copy. See what it says. See if I got that right. It says, they have sinned, they've been wicked, they've, is that right? Am I in the wrong translation? Okay. Am I in the American translation? It says, we have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. Lord, you are righteous. But this day, 
we are covered with shame. Because of our unfaithfulness to you, it says in verse 7. Verse 8, O Lord, we and our kings, our princes and our fathers are covered with shame because we have sinned against you. Verse 9, we have rebelled against the Lord our God. Verse 10, we have not obeyed the Lord our God or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. Verse 11, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Verse 11, we have sinned against you. Verse 13, we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. Verse 14, for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Verse 15, we have sinned, we have done wrong. Is that a sincere prayer? You better believe it. But didn't Daniel live a more godly life than the people around him? Yes, he did. So, so what's he doing saying, we have sinned? Or all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah, but compared to those people, I'm a good guy. You are compared to those people, but you're not compared to God. Isaiah catches a glimpse of God. And he says, woe is me. Woe is me. If you compare yourself to other people, you can always find somebody who's doing worse than you are. And frankly, you can always find somebody who's doing better than you are, unless you're just a completely delusional psychotic. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm like that, you know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as bad as that person. I realize I'm not as good as this person, but you know, I'm, I'm definitely in the uh, upper echelon. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not valedictorian, but I'm in the beta club. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not the, the most wonderful, godly person that I know of. Um, but, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities to sin that I've said no to. I just, just let the record show, Okay. If you are busy comparing yourself to other people, you're not looking at God. When we look at God, we realize that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Well, how far short have we fallen? Enough to go to hell. Enough to deserve hell. I just don't think anybody ought to have to go to hell. Well, you'll find out. I, I, I just, I mean, how, how could a loving God, you haven't got a clue. 
you haven't got a clue. God is the one who says our lives are valuable. Otherwise, we would be as valuable as fungus. But God made us in his likeness, and he values human life. Therefore, human life is valuable. But apart from him, we're nothing. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Pastor Wood, I struggle with self-image, and you're making it hard for me to feel good about myself. Good! Quit trying to make yourself feel better by believing stuff that's not true. Recognize the fact that Jesus came to save sinners. And say, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. A wretch like me. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? So, okay, if, if we acknowledge, you know, we've all sinned. I mean, let's just, let's just accept that. We've all sinned, and, uh, and therefore, um, you know, we all deserve hell. I got, I got that. But do I have to care? I mean, does it have to bother me? I don't want to be bothered, frankly. This, this thing here, it says, he pleaded with God, verse 3, in prayer and petition. Okay, I, I'm not really into pleading, but I guess I could do that, uh, you know, for like during Lent or something. In fasting, well, that's Lent also. And, and in sackcloth and ashes, well, could I just get a little ash on my forehead? Would that be okay? You know, I mean, I don't really want to go deep into this thing. I'm afraid it might bring me down. We need to get down. You mean you want us to be depressed? No, I want us to be repentant. Daniel repented of his sinfulness as well as the sin of those around him. He stood in solidarity with them. And one of the challenges of our cultural moment is, on the one hand, remember Satan's a judo expert, on the one hand, you've got people who basically say, I didn't do that. I didn't have anything to do with that. I wasn't even born then, so I've got nothing to be sorry for. Okay? You were doing fine up until the last phrase. Okay? I didn't do that. I wasn't even born then. I've got a lot to be sorry for. Understand? On the other hand, you got people who are like, if you're white, you're a racist. Okay? Because of systemic racism. You have been given advantages and opportunities just based on your melanin or lack thereof. And as a result, 
You cannot even understand the fact that you're a racist. So you need to spend your life feeling guilty about what happened before you were born and the advantages that you've been given in this life. You know the worst part of that? It's not just that it gives some white people a bad self-image, if they believe that. It's that it gives darker-skinned people the idea that they are victims and all their problems are somebody else's fault. That's another lie. Well, haven't people been badly treated because of racism? Absolutely. Well, don't we need to stand against that kind of racism? Yes, even if it means that, like me, you get your life threatened for standing against that kind of racism. But here's the thing. The person with the darkest skin like the person with the whitest skin, and I've got vitiligo, so I'm as white. I'm a Norwegian with vitiligo, okay? That's about as white as you can get. But the person with the darkest skin, like the person with the lightest skin, needs to recognize, I've sinned, and I need a Savior. And I don't need to be blaming other people for my predicament. I need to be coming to God and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. You see, what the body of Christ needs to be doing in this cultural moment is preaching the gospel. And the gospel is not about getting rid of capitalism or the nuclear family. Those are both attacks from the pit of hell. And it certainly doesn't mean that the best way that we can help people with more melanin to have a good life is to do away with advanced math courses in our schools. Talk about an insult, as if black people can't do arithmetic. They clearly don't know enough black people. We are living in a time when the enemy is using lies to get us to focus on other people's sin so that we don't have to feel as bad about ourselves. And what we need to do is take our own sin and the sin of others so seriously that we run to God and we say, God, have mercy on us. That's what Daniel did. God, have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us. He doesn't say, okay, God, we admit it, we've done wrong, but let's move on now. We're getting close to that 70-year mark. It's about time to get us out of here. He says, starting in verse 16, O Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill, our sins and the iniquities of our fathers have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn. 
to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, O Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous. I'm going to read that again. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear and act. For your sake, O my God, do not delay, because your city and your people bear your name. Lord, we are yours. If you blame God because you suffer, you have completely misunderstood the situation. Well, wasn't God the one who brought judgment on them? Yes, God was the one who brought judgment on them. Well, whose fault was that? Theirs! So you're saying if I'm suffering, it's it's my fault. I'm saying if you're suffering, it's because you live in a world that is under a curse because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I am going to suffer because of other people who lived before me way back in the garden and ate some forbidden fruit. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's fair. Well, you're not God. Well, I I don't like the way God operates. Yeah, and that is a problem and not for God. Well, it just seems to me that I ought to be judged on the basis of what I've done. Go to hell. Pastor Rudd, I can't believe you said that. No, I, I was just telling you what happens to people who want to be judged on the basis of what they've done. I don't want to be judged on the basis of what I've done. Well, Pastor Wood, you're a pretty good guy. Not compared to God. Well, nobody's perfect. Yes, God is perfect. That's what Daniel's saying as he prays. Lord, everything you do is right. That's unlike everybody else on the planet. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If you're trying to jump the Grand Canyon and you make it 800 feet, longest long jump in history, you're dead. Oh, okay, how, how far do I have to make it in order for it to be a success, all the way. I, nobody's ever done that. No, you're right. So whether you fall short here, or here, or here, or here, you fall short. What illustration do you want me to use? Swimming to Europe? We do that one periodically. I would drown within sight of shore. You remember this story. Okay? People could watch from the beach and probably see my facial expression if they had good vision. Okay? And then say, 
He didn't come back up that time. I guess he's gone. Other people would make it far enough out that you couldn't see their facial expression when they drowned. You would just see a little dark spot occasionally popping up in the water and then not anymore. And the greatest swimmer of all time, the greatest distance swimmer, might make it all the way out beyond your ability to see. And then they would go down. You know what would be the case with me? I'd be dead. person who made it further, dead. The one who made it farther than anyone else has ever made it, dead. Also dead. Okay? God, be merciful to me, a sinner. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Lord, have mercy upon us for your name's sake. That's why Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father in heaven, may your name be hallowed. For the honor of your name, Lord, do what you said. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But please have mercy upon us. Daniel prayed for mercy. And God would bring mercy. Daniel prayed for forgiveness. And we know that God answers that prayer. He was forgiven. We are to pray for his name to be hallowed, for his kingdom to come, for his will to be done. We're to pray that he would give us what we need today. We're to pray that he would forgive us our sins, even as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Those two go together. We pray that he'll deliver us from the evil one and not lead us into testing. Do you really pray? Daniel wasn't posing. Daniel wasn't doing this in some public setting. Daniel's recording what he did because God inspired him to do so. We need to learn from his example. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Gracious Lord, have mercy upon us. Blot out our transgressions. We have no hope apart from your grace. But we thank you that in Christ Jesus you have demonstrated marvelous grace, abundant grace. And so we come to you confessing that we are entirely dependent upon you and upon your grace. And we ask you to forgive us and to cleanse us 
and to empower us to live an increasingly holy life. Change us from the inside out, we pray. And make us more and more and more like Jesus. We have no other hope. Only in the gospel, the good news that comes from you. So grant that we would not just confess the sins of others, but that we would confess our own guilt and we would ask for mercy. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.